In adolescence, we have limited responsibilities. We push ourselves to get a formal education, and then one day we are working in a profession that we hopefully love. The downside to so many people's plans is they never get a formal education on how to handle finances. Every month, money gets deposited into their checking account and spent just as quickly. Over the years, we've spoken with thousands of people who believe they're not spending that much, but once they really dig into the weeds, there are all new revelations. Let's dive in and talk about how most people struggle with this foundational financial step and ways that you can gain more control over your daily spending to bring your finances to the next step. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We're financial advisors that work with veterinarians, practice owners, and the veterinary community across the United States, owners of the Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the hosts of the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. Our mission is to provide a different way of thinking, to make financial decisions easy so you can spend time doing the other things that you love. Make sure to check out all of our great resources available through our website, such as complimentary financial race CEs, masterclasses, assessments, videos, articles. All of this can be found through flvetadvisors.com. And if you're finding our show to be helpful, one thing you could do is share it with other people, but we really could show you, we really could use your love. And rate us either on Apple or Spotify, whichever place that you listen to our show, or go to our Facebook page, The Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. So it's been many of time when we met with clients and reviewed their income, reviewed their spending, and we do a little bit of rough and dirty math when we meet with a lot of people. And one thing that's pretty consistent is that there's a phrase that we hear almost every time. I don't spend that much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's exactly what I was thinking. I don't. What are you talking about, CJ? That's not that. I don't spend that much. That sounds way high. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it baffles me when we had these conversations with people, and I, I really think there's like this lack of connection that we have with money, especially with how transition. I remember you and I would talk about this all the time, CJ, with people. When you spend it with cash, it's painful, and it's like you you, you give up a twenty dollar bill to someone, and it's like now it's gone. But then now everything's becoming so digital and it's people are sort of becoming so disconnected from the idea of like what is coming in and what's going out. And and it's not their fault. So like we're not we're not here to make anybody feel bad about it. We're just here to say for those of you out there who are going, well, I don't really know that it's we're trying to say, yeah, you're not alone. Like actually, most people that we meet with, they, they, they oftentimes are like, yeah, I don't spend that much money. There's no way I spend that much money per month. And it's like, well, then let's get down in the details. Let's find out where things are going and. Sure enough, when we dig down in the details and we do the math, we find out that there's they they find out that they're spending a whole lot more than they ever thought they were. And what one thing that we've identified over and over again, it's it seems like you know, there's this saying. I think maybe you've, many of you've heard this before: more money, more problems. That the more money that we make, the less money we the less we pay attention to it. Because like once your basic necessities are cared for, now it's just like money comes in, money comes out. You don't really think about it. And there's a, a area for a lot more error. That can happen there. So it's I could be spending money on where my life is cared for. And then I'm just mindlessly buying things like Amazon with their one swipe feature these days. Holy cow, I get in trouble with that. Yeah. And like so it's because the lower your income, the less you have available to like mess up, right? So the lower your income, typically the more 
aware of the money where you, that you have is where it's going. Whenever you have a comfortable income, you tend to like not really know where it's going, which therefore, because, or you, it's not that it's, you know where it's going, but you're unaware as to exactly how much is, is being spent. And it doesn't force you to have to figure it out because you don't end up going into credit card debt. What happens is you just live paycheck to paycheck. Now there is an income level where most people are able to save like a lot of money. Like at some point, yeah, someone can get to an income level where they can do everything they want to do and then still save 20%, 40%, or even like half of their income without really thinking about it too much. Well, and like, and so if that, in that number, people ask us, what is that number? Kind of just depends. It depends on how much money people actually do spend on their lifestyle. Some people will spend $4,000 on their lifestyle and that covers their rent, it covers their utilities, covers all the things that they need. Some people need like $12,000 a month. And so, you know, people, people might have a certain level of income and think that, okay, well, whenever I get to this level of income or that level of income, then I'll have enough to breathe and I won't be living paycheck to paycheck. But then sometimes what happens is they end up starting to make that much money. They get the pay raises that they, that they believe that they needed in order to get to where they wanted to go or save the amount of money that they wanted to save only to find out that they're in the exact same position one to five years later. And let's put a little clarity to when we say savings. I mean, if you've listened to our show in the past, uh, we talk a lot about like the wall coordination account and creating intentionality. And sometimes people perceive savings as, hey, I'm putting money in my bank account. And, and money is not just, hey, I'm putting it there. It's going to be uh, used for my longer term plan of retirement income usually is the idea. At some point, you're going to want to have to work forever. Most of the time, people, when we've talked with others in the past where they are saving, it's getting dumped into their savings account. And then later on, maybe six months later, they're going to buy a car or put a down payment on a home. And it's a whole different perspective when we look at savings because, well, savings is something that we're putting aside met to not touch later like or in the very near future. I mean, like not later, but within the next 12 months is usually the rule of thumb that I, I like to follow with people. And uh, going to what CJ was saying about the, the 4,000, 5,000, whatever that number is, we hear all the time what people believe that they are spending. So it's like they make a paycheck and, you know, I, I'd be curious for everyone who's listening at the moment, like, do you actually know how much money you make? Because this is a big question that comes in here. Like, what does your pay stub say? Or what kind of earnings are you making through your business if you have a business? Uh, because this is a question where people are, uh, they make an income, they get deposits into their bank account, they just start spending it. Maybe they're setting aside some money for savings purposes. And there really has been no formal education on how to interact with money from childhood, adolescence. It's really most people, as they start working their career, it's like now I, I get imagine, I remember when I went from being in college to then working, it's like the, the shift. It's like I had no responsibilities and now responsibilities and I'm making money. And it's like now I have to be like a good steward with what I have. Well, and like most, and if you feel, if you're sitting here listening, think, well, I don't know how much I make. Well, I don't know that. Well, I don't know that. It's okay. This episode is just to say, hey, now that you know that you don't know, take some time, go look at it. Go get familiar with, with what you are making after taxes from your paycheck, where your paycheck is going. You might be paying for insurances with your, uh, with your employer you don't even know about, right? We've had people who literally are like, I'm not paying for that. And it's like, well, it's on your pay stub. <laughs> like you're like, uh, I've, I've, I remember a couple, a uh, couple of clients who were married a few years ago and the woman said, well, the health insurance is through his company. Uh, we pay for health insurance through his company. And I said, well, well then why is what is it doing on your paycheck? 
She's like, it's not on my paycheck. I, and I pulled up the paycheck. I said, here, here it is. Like, and she just hadn't looked at her paycheck. She's been forever since she, sometimes just simply looking at things, you start finding out things you didn't know. And then she's sitting there going, well, that's a waste, right? Cause now she, cause she elected to be on her husband's insurance and she elected to be on her insurance without knowing it. And so now she's kind of like, she's paying for two different insurances of which she really only needed to have one. Now, and just like people, no one like grew up with parents or even any formal training and education on how we interact with money. Therefore, it also would make sense that there is no actual standard. There's no, like people ask us all the time, well, how much money should I be spending on auto insurance? And it's like, well, you don't really, I don't really know. Like it kind of depends on what state you're in. It depends on what car you have. It depends on how much coverage you have. There's no one size fits all for any budget anywhere for anybody. There are rough and dirty numbers that you can kind of like, I know that roughly about five to 10% of someone's gross income will probably go to insurances to protect themselves. I know roughly about 20% we want to be saving from our gross income every year. I know roughly mortgage companies approve us for like 30 to 40% debt to income ratios, but like there is no one size fits all for like what exactly the grocery budget should be or eating out should be. And I think that also causes a lot of confusion for people because they're not really exactly sure what, how, how to, how to set up a budget when there's no clear parameter on how to do that. That standard of, of really how to track things. It, it does create a lot of ambiguity out there. And uh, I, I will say that the best way that you can get any control over your finances is uh, really be able to just focus on savings. If there's anything you're going to really take away from this, because everything else will kind of work its way out. Because if you save make that an intentional purpose. And then all the other little things of like, can I afford this amount of house or not, or being able to eat stuff, uh, eat out as often as I want or travel. Uh, but money for the longest time has been computed, uh, communicated to a lot of people as like a power symbol. Like the thing is like really money, it, there's like a big disconnect of how we actually perceive money and what the actual use of it is for. And sometimes people will elevate themselves to a certain level because they have so much or they earn so much. But in reality, it's a tool. It, it allows for us to be able to accomplish certain things in our lives to where uh, some of us can be really good at how we manage and use this tool to better enrich our lives or better enrich the lives of the people around us or actually be able to get to a part where, again, like we we know that everyone has different goals along the way. But realistically, we are all after one point to not have to always work for a paycheck. You want to be able to do the things you love in life and know that your life is cared for along the way. And men usually, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, conflict in marriages because men usually will see money as a tool. It's kind of a scorecard, right? It's a way to kind of keep status. I mean, there's a status amount, right? And, and, and that's not to say that women don't, but women can, but generally speaking, women see it more as security. Like they want to have more cash in their account. Men want to have more investments in their, in their, in their brokerage, right? Brokerage accounts. Like they want to go and they want to put all the money men are, usually pedal to the metal. Let's get this money working for us. And women are like, no, I just want it to sit there. And so it causes a lot of conflict, even knowing what, but how we, okay. So we're budgeting, we have money now we're saving. Well, now what are we doing with that savings? And it, and that then has, has a whole nother dynamic beyond like cat, the, the dead cash that's sitting there. Like, what do we actually do with it? Absolutely. And think about when we're starting a career or uh, transitioning to something to where we start making more money from what we're used to. People usually don't spend a lot of time trying to look at what they actually spend. And this goes back to the idea of, you know, we, we have so much accumulating, like maybe your person has a lot of cash just building up in your accounts. 
which which is a good good side because that means you have less expenses than what you're actually making. Uh, let's say you're a person that constantly struggles and you're having to rely on uh, credit cards or certain debts to carry you along and you feel like you're strapped all the time. One of the best places that we've identified with anything here is like in order for you to get direction and to get clarity and confidence of where you want to go is that we, we really need to get to a level of understanding of what is coming in and what's going out. And this is where a lot of tracking comes in play. Uh, and I know there's probably some of you are like, man, I've heard this over and over and over and I've been meaning to get to it. Or some of you are just so apprehensive to the idea and thought of it. We all have different feelings towards this. Uh, but most people, they never really get to a level of commitment that's needed to really gain mastery over how they're spending their money. Uh, and I know there's a technique that CJ, you, you follow when it comes to savings, like just even tracking or not, like if you can get to a part of savings, it's like tracking really doesn't matter. Well, I think, so when we talk about tracking, just for everyone listening, because tracking is good, but tracking is not always necessary and a budget is not always necessary. In fact, if you're saving more than 20% of your gross household income and you don't really care where the other 80% goes, like I'm kind of with you on that one. Like if you're saving 20% of your gross income and you don't know where any of your money goes, then who cares? Like continue to spend, live your life. No real, you don't need to worry. You don't need to track anything. Now, would it be good to track things? Cause maybe, maybe you're paying for five net Netflix subscriptions and you don't even know it. Right. Like I know we, I don't know if you guys have seen even the stuff on social media where there's like, no, there's, there's online platforms you can sign up for. And I'll tell you if you're paying for more than one subscription for, for each, each thing. And so like, that right there can be helpful in just by tracking, knowing there might be wasted money that just could be easily easily redirected back to just accumulating in your cash accounts. But if you're accumulating cash at a relatively fast pace and you're like accidentally sitting on a boat ton of cash, and that's a finance term, boat ton. Um, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with that term. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah, look, yeah, Google it, boat, boat ton. It's a boat ton. So a boat ton of cash is just sitting in your accounts and accumulating. Well, it's time for you to start thinking, like, what do I, what am I going to do with that cash? Right. This, this conversation, as far as tracking, you can kind of tune out. One of the best exercises that we've found year over year after year is like, you can use the online systems. Banks have a lot of it. Now there's a lot of apps and places you can connect your accounts to, and you can look at it. I, I, I'm usually a little bit apprehensive to those because it's more of a set it and forget it thing. And we're creatures of habit and behavior. So if we don't actively check it on a continual basis, then one, we're going to set it and forget it and never come back to it and continue on the path of spending maybe the way we don't want to spend. But also at the same time, it might not have the level of accuracy that you might want to understand like really what's going where, because now it comes down to like categorizing and really breaking it down. And, and one of the best exercises that we've seen, like, and especially there's science around this too, is like using something that where you actively involve yourself in it. Because uh, there's there's been things done when it comes to uh, actually writing on a piece of paper with a pen, like it actually has better connection with the brain and, and reinforcing the right behaviors. We, or you can use a notepad or an Excel file. Uh, we actually created a tracker designed specifically for this purpose. If you're interested in finding it, it's at tracker.flvetadvisors.com. Uh, you can go download it. We actually have a tutorial on YouTube. It's a 10-minute tutorial that walks you through the, the difference between a budget and a spending plan. And the ultimate goal is really to understand uh, where your money is going. So one, you can get to where you're a world-class saver, where you're saving at least 20% of your income, and also maybe create some more awareness around, okay, yeah, I'm actually spending money on things in my life that are not as meaningful as I thought they would be. So 
you know, those, those Amazon extra Amazon purchases or <laughs> going out to the store and buying things. Uh, I know Costco, that's what been one of my biggest things lately. I walk into Costco. I don't know what it is, but they have t-shirts in one area and then they got home stuff. <laughs> so if you, you could easily walk out of that place like, you know, a few hundred dollars worth of stuff. And what I was actually saw something on social media the other day, there's a the guy is like the reward of making you feel like you didn't spend too much is they offer you a $2 hot dog at the end. And you're like, you're like <laughs> I won. I won in this situation. Another thing that causes people to not really be effective at budgeting is because they don't really know why they're budgeting. They don't really know why they're actually trying to save. So imagine you're trying to get from Tampa, Florida to Las Vegas, Nevada. You have no map. You're completely unaware as to how exactly to get there. A lot of the times a budget is the in-between, but people don't really know where they're actually going. They don't actually know. They, they know Las Vegas is in Nevada, but they have no direction as far as the north, south, east, west, right? They have, they actually, in fact, don't even know what Las Vegas even looks like. So even if they, if they accidentally found Las Vegas, they wouldn't even know what, it, like, what is the purpose of budgeting? What is your purpose of budgeting? Are you, budget, are you budgeting just because then, you know, you can have 10 grand in your checking account or are you budgeting because you're actually focused on getting to a spot in your life to build enough investments and assets that produce the income that you're earning so you don't have to earn money anymore. And like, if we're blindly making money, you know, saying yes to everything, different types of expenses, not really sure where it's going, it's going to create some stress. And by avoiding it, it actually makes it worse. And sometimes the fear of the thing is way much worse than the actual thing. Another thing is to think as, as we kind of, as I'm talking about this particular subject is retirement. People say, well, I'm saving for retirement. Well, you know what? If retirement's in five years, you're probably very excited to be saving for retirement, right? Because you can kind of feel the end of that tunnel. Like you see light at the end of the tunnel, you know that at some point you're going to be able to say, all right, I'm done, done working. My assets are going to produce my income. If you're 30 years from retirement, you may need a little, you may need to think about something else that is in between to actually get you motivated to save. Because if you're not motivated to save, it's going to be really hard to stick to any kind of budget or any kind of tracking because you're not really sure exactly the purpose of what you're doing or why you're doing it. So when it gets tough, you give up. The only way that we get through tough things is to have a real under, real clear picture as to what the end of that thing is going to look like. There is going to be a point in your life where you are earning a certain amount of income. And of course, going back to what we talked about earlier, your accounts might just keep accumulating and you just keep building up money. And some of you might feel like, man, I wish that were the case. It, it could be you. It, there's a possibility there. And there is something that we've referenced multiple times before. We've actually with Get Motivated too, if any of you are familiar with them. We've done a, a presentation before on, and we included about the happiness curve where there is a level in our lives to where once we make a certain amount, all of our base necessities and things in our life are, are covered. And then now it gets to a part where now it's just like excess of being able to go out to eat more often. And then it gets to a part where there's luxury, where it's not like I can buy expensive cars or go on many trips per year. And so our lifestyles will continue to rise as we make more. And I'm sure if some of you who had really good behaviors that were created during childhood that you might continue on a very frugal path, which I mean, I'm guilty of it. I was very incredibly frugal, which I'm still have some of those tendencies today, but I've lightened up. Yeah, you that. do. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you and I, I as business partner, you and I have opened, I, I opened each other up along the way, partner. you know, <laughs> I used to not spend any money. 
And then I met you and now it's like, I can't, then now it's a problem. The floodgates have opened, right? Yeah. I, yeah, well, I think it's just with certain things it's with certain things. Like I wasn't into cars, but then you got me into cars and I never used to spend any money on my car, but now it's like, it's yeah. So you, you, you're very frugal in some ways, but you know, I think it's with all of us, right? We're going to be frugal in, in the, in the things that we're not, we don't really value, but then there's other things that we really kind of like, cause like, let's be honest, how much money do we spend on computers and, and electronic stuff? I mean, it's, 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 it's a little ridiculous, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's no perfect time to start anything. Maybe you should consider starting now. We created a brief 10 question quiz that will give you a financial checkup to make sure you're addressing every corner of your finances. This includes how you're protecting yourself from risk, how much money you're actually saving for your plan and building up a balanced asset portfolio. Take the quick quiz by clicking on the link in the description of the show or visit our website at flvetadvisors.com. So either there are two things, we know that there are two things you can start doing from here moving forward, right? The first one is start tracking, figuring out what you can save, get an idea at least where you're at now. Forget about where you're going. Forget about getting to 20% of your gross income and saving. Just, just try to figure out what you can save. What is actually happening? What's accidental? I remember the first time that a nutritionist asked me to start tracking my my food, he, I asked, well, how much should I heat and protein and carbs? And he, he gave me some like ish numbers, but he's like, look, just track it, just track it for the next two, two weeks. I just want to get a baseline of what you're eating right now. Eat, eat as if you normally would don't change anything, just track. So sometimes that's, that's a really good way to approach even tracking what you spend is like, just start tracking, even though you're not really trying to go anywhere. And secondly, the other path is you can begin to use the concept of a wealth coordination account. Because a wealth coordination account, funny enough, if you use it properly, you don't even really have to track your cash. Um, like I use a wealth coordination account. I don't, I don't think I've tracked my cash. I don't think I've tracked my expenses for a very long time. But again, if you're saving more than 20% of your gross income, who cares where the other 80% goes? If you're wanting to learn more about this concept of the wealth coordination account, we actually have an episode, episode 15, where we talk about getting a savings plan. And there is a brief video, about a 20 minute long video you can find through our website. There are the five financial steps to financial uh, success. So there's a, an actual course we have. It talks about cash flow. And, and the, really the whole idea behind the wealth coordination account is that there's a separate account designed to separate all of your life away from uh, your lifestyle. And it's meant to deposit money, all of your income into it. And you designate a certain amount to go to your lifestyle on a continual basis. And then from there, the rest that gets accumulated in there is meant to help go towards your plan. And if you set up this structure, it's pretty incredible from what we've seen where maybe you don't even have to track, but at the same time, you can start saving way more than you thought was possible. Some people are like, I can't save anything. And then after a few months, we notice they're saving like 30% of their income. It's a very awesome tool that exists. And most people like don't really realize that uh ohs happen. And so like, and uh, most people think that if they budget for like one month or two months, they're going to see a difference. You really don't see a difference until there's consistency over time. So if you start doing this, you use a wealth coordination account or you start tracking your spending and you don't see immediate results, like don't get discouraged. Know that it's going to take a little while and you got to finagle things. You got to try, try different things as you go. Don't get discouraged. Just keep trying. Don't give up. And at the end of the day, hey, we're here. You can contact us through our website. We can probably help you just navigate um, some of the some of the challenges that you're seeing uh, as an individual because everyone's different. But most of the time, we hear from clients. Well, well, you know, I, I want to start. 
I want to start tracking spending, but it's December 1st and Christmas is coming. And there's always like an excuse, right? There's always an excuse of like how, well, I should just track next month. No, start now, tomorrow. Like, don't, don't wait, just do it now, right? There's going to be uh-ohs and you may save some money this month, but you know what? Saving money is this month is great. Love it. But let's see if we can do that consistency consistently because those uh-ohs might not happen in say January, February, but then something happens in March, or let's say your tax bill comes and it's higher than you thought in April. It, I mean, it's really a good idea to just start tracking, start somewhere, do something. It's your choice. You can either start doing something today or continue on the path that you're done right now. Maybe you need a little bit of tweaking. Hopefully that this has been some useful information for you today. And uh, if you're finding our show to be very helpful and you like our podcast, you've been an avid listener of ours, or even if you're a new one, uh, what could really help us be able to spread the word about our show is if you could send it to one of your friends, maybe even three of them, if if you want to, it's up to you. Uh, but you know, take it, share it with three of your friends and let them know like, hey, this is a great episode. I think it's worth your time to listen to. And also, if you haven't, make sure to rate us. It really helps us in the end. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Venture Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 20241700047 expires February 2026.